I'm Gabby Lagurcio, your travel agent for tonight. It's my pleasure to take you to a place full of interesting conversation and untold stories. Our expected arrival time is 8.30, so fasten your seatbelts and please open your mind. Stay tuned for some music, culture, people, and places. Because right now, it's 8.30 somewhere. Powered by Base Base. Lord Kez hates to be put in boxes, and that's why it's just so hard to categorize her music. After kicking her career off with contemporary R&B, rooted in Erica Badu and her likes legacy, Lordkes now sets her sails to explore what she calls alternative rap. To try and find out how it all translates into her music, we take a deep dive into her discography. We discuss her first EPs and how they relate to each other, some of the main themes behind them, and of course we cover her early releases on SoundCloud. She thinks they're kind of embarrassing, but you'll be the judge of that. With never-ending motivation to evolve, her music is always developing and her third EP showcases a much different sound. Juicebox, which just came out, echoes what she likes to describe as alternative rap. Confused about how that might sound? Jump into our updated preview playlist to hear which of Lord Kiss tracks Ben and Max have cherry-picked just for you. And keep listening to hear Lord Kiss talk about her childhood in Kimberley, South Africa, her formative experiences in Abu Dhabi, and a visit to India, well, specifically the time she spent around an Indian guru that changed it all for her. Before we hit the record button, Lord Kez and Ben talked about the upcoming winter in South Africa, how South Africans ignore COVID restrictions, and why she was almost late to this interview. Well, you might get a glimpse of it in the interview as well. All right, guys, that's enough of me. Let's get the ball rolling. So maybe we'll start off with Abu Dhabi then. Okay, um, cool. Walk us through why you picked that spot. Um, okay, so I picked Abu Dhabi because it's actually like my favorite place, low-key. I really miss being there. Um, the place developed me as an artist also and as a person. Like I grew so much. Um, I learned so many different things. I was exposed to so, so many different cultures. And I think that that was really like eye-opening for me and it really inspired me, you know? Um, so the area that we stayed in um, is Al Mushrif. It's a fairly suburban area. Um, I lived with my mom and my sister there. They're still over there, but I live here now. Um, and we stayed in an apartment and the, like the complex where we stayed, there was like a lot of South Africans. So it was, it was really nice to see like, um, I don't know, South African people are very like, how do I say this? They like family and people and like whenever you meet someone and you hear them speaking Afrikaans or something and you just like, oh, who like it or how's it? <laughs> and then they're just, just like that, you friends. So that was, that was great. Like I, I really enjoyed um, that I also how, went to how did you get to Abu Dhabi okay so my mom is a teacher she's an English teacher um, and she decided that she doesn't want to be in South Africa anymore and she wants to explore the world so she she started teaching in Abu Dhabi like one day she she just told us like listen guys it's time it's time to leave and, and then <laughs> we went and she's still there and she absolutely loves it um, yeah, so I also went to um, a school, and um, I went I went there for like a year. 
um, it was an international school. So it was also like very, like, it was very different for me. Like I, uh, I, I, com I completely like, I feel like at this point in my life, I kind of like, like sunk into myself. Like, because I mean, I was exposed to so, so many, like, different people and they all have, like, these different views and it's, like, not what I'm used to because I'm from a small town in Kimberley, um, South Africa. Um, and over there, it's, like, everybody knows everyone and it's, you know, small towns. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed being there because it's, it was just different. And I love, I love new experiences and new challenges. I don't like being in the same place for too long. So maybe you walk yeah. us through a bit around Kimberley. Like you, you mentioned, it was a small town, and yeah. everybody knowing, like everyone knows knows everyone. Um, just um, yeah, Kimberley is an extremely small place. <laughs> There are only two malls, and everyone literally knows everyone. So I also f I went to high school. I spent like most of my my um, schooling career in Kimberley. Um, I also like hopped from school to school to school because you know I was that kid. I just didn't fit in anywhere. Um, and yeah, I I the only reason I would go back there now is for my family. Yeah. Um, there's really like nothing else. To look forward to did you feel like there. a misfit growing up um in kimberley growing up i feel like it was it was good it was great i had a really like a good time growing up because i was always around my family and yeah and my friends who are no longer my friends <sighs> anyway why not because you know like i feel i feel like recently i've i've changed so much as a person that like certain people just didn't know how to handle it you know like in what way i mean what what were what was the past you like i i was very shy i didn't speak to anyone i was very insecure um i wasn't like i am right now right now like can i tell me shit? um so yeah i was i was very shy and quiet and like very introverted and and also like very insecure and very like easily manipulated and like i feel like yeah i feel like my change as a person was was too drastic for them to accept yeah and that's that's perfectly fine you know you're supposed to outgrow people and relationships and friendships and all of that um, and it's also like a like a blessing and a curse, you know. Sometimes I do miss like hanging out with with my friends from there, but other times I'm just like, if we were to hang out right now, we would have nothing to talk about because we have nothing in common. Um, so yeah, I also feel like the creative scene in Kimberley is okay. To be fair, there are very like talented creative people, but there's not like. How do I say this? There's not a platform for them, you know? Like, whereas in, in Johannesburg and in Cape Town, like the big cities, there's like a, a whole lot more support. And you know, one of the craziest things I realized that when I, start, when I started making music and um, people started like listening to it and finding out like who I am and listening to this new type of sound, um, I got more support from strangers than I did from people that I know. 
And that really made me think, it's like, oh, like I'm supporting you no matter what you do. But the minute I do good, it's like, it's weird. Like you don't know how to, you don't know how to handle that. And that's just that, that small town mentality. Yeah. And yeah, I'm happy that, that I grew out of that. So, I mean, just in, in relation to Abu Dhabi, what kind of, because Abu Dhabi sounds like this international place. I, I've never been, so yeah. I, I don't know. But uh sounds like this international place. And just, you know, given it the musical perspective, I mean, if you'd have to describe Kimberly as a music genre, what would Kimberly sound like? Hmm, which genre of music do I hate the most? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, okay. Kimberly is... If Kimberly was a genre, it would probably be Ama Piano. Have you heard of Ama Piano? No. No, I haven't either. Oh, that's crazy. It's it's a big it's a big thing here in South Africa. It's it's yeah, it's not house music and it's not dance. It's like a different it, it's very it has so much flavor. It's very like oh, it's like it's like house but not really house. It's just a different element to it. Um but people back there are big on that. Um, so it could either be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna put it like this. It can range from I'm a piano to gospel. Because <laughs> people over there are very religious. And do you practice religion as well? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very religious. I am very spiritual. Um, I do believe in a higher power, a God, the universe. Um, for a long time, I was very confused about what to believe in. And even when I was in Abu Dhabi, like, because I was surrounded by so many, um, like different, um, like different cultures and, and different people. Like, I remember going to church. So in Abu Dhabi, there is this, it's like a, it's like a big area that just has all the different denominations of different faiths, different cultures, different religions. And it was the most amazing thing to see because it was so new to me. I was like, oh my goodness, it's so amazing to see people so passionate about what they believe in. And I felt like, why don't I feel like that? Like, why am I not so passionate about what I believe in? And that's when I realized that it's, I can't be passionate about something that I don't vibe with, you know? Like I can't, I can't just, I can't be, I can't be fake. <laughs> so, um, I did a lot of introspection and soul searching, and um, I also I visited India, and that was like a life changing experience for me. Um, I met with a with a guru. Um, he invited us to his house, and it was the best thing ever. He doesn't speak a word of English, um, but there was a translator like with us. And he would he would talk to us and he would look us in the eye and he would speak um, in Malayalam. And it was like we could understand what he was saying, but not really. Like it was just the tone and the texture of his voice and you know how passionate he was and in, in, in what he was saying. That's when um, that's when I first I first learned about meditation. Um, and well, Where was the, it in India? Um, in Kerala. And oh my god, that was that was. I I wish I could go back because that place is so magical. So um, 
I've always like I've known about yoga and meditation and mindfulness, but this was the first time I actually like had a deeper understanding of it. Because you know, um spirituality is like nowadays it's so like like westernized and modernized and like the pure essence of it is is being lost. Um like it's I mean it's a, it's a good thing because like so many more people are manifesting and meditating but not, not many of them are doing it the right way, you know? Like it's something so sacred um to 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 practice. Um oh my god, what was I talking about? How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> did it help you with your music? Yes, it definitely did. In what ways? Um so I have a song called Find Me in the Trees and yeah. um in Kerala is so, such a beautiful lush green like energy full of life it's, it's just like a it's a juicy delicious place <laughs> like even the food the chai the people they're so friendly and you know when when um when I heard the the one of my one of my good friends from Cape Town um he produced a jazz song for the first time um i think it was the first time i'm not i'm not really sure but i i think that's what he said um and he sent it to me and um i had it for a while right and i was sitting outside one day you know just out in nature smoking nothing not smoking anything never mind <laughs> smoking bleep <laughs> smoking that bleep <laughs> Um and I was I was I felt so like cuz the weather was also very like cloudy. And you know when it's about to rain there's this distinctive like fresh air smell. So I was sitting outside yeah. just digesting all of that and um I decided to make a song about how I feel when I'm in nature. And for me nature is also a big inspiration. It's where I find like a, it's a good source of inspiration for me. Um because connecting to connecting to like the plants um connecting to the ground the trees it's it's kind of to me it's connecting to the divine i always feel that what i have like a like a ton of plants in my place and um i feel like when my plants are doing good and they're looking luscious and green and healthy it kind of symbolizes my connection to the divine because i'm watering the plant i'm putting my good intention forward um i'm speaking to it i'm giving it positive affirmations it's like like it's it's god's work you know and i feel like yeah being in nature is a, is a big source of of inspiration for me when i'm not watering my plants i'm i'm in a in a different head space it's just like a thing that i picked up on i need to constantly be doing that to like be in a like a good head space um i do feel like my connection to to nature and um to anything green i really love greenery um it's a very important factor in my creative process also does it have anything to do with the with the book you posted like not long a while like the magic of crystals oh yes that's my sh- I absolutely love crystals. <laughs> like I as soon as as soon as I heard I was doing this podcast, um I was I was scared that I was going to be late, so I rushed downstairs. <laughs> and as soon as I got out of the elevator, I was like, "Oh, I 
forgot my crystals. And I just stood there for like five minutes, like contemplating whether I should go back up and get my crystals or just come. Because having crystals around me, they kind of ground me, you know? And different crystals have different, I don't know, they give you different things, you know? All of nature gives you, nature gives you so many different things. Um, so, yeah. I didn't bring any. That's why I'm all over the place. <laughs> That's why I'm all over the place. <laughs> so I would usually, um, I would have rose quartz, selenite, amethyst, citrine with me, um, just to keep me grounded. The amethyst is for protection. The citrine is to um, absorb negative energies. Um, the selenite is also like a cleansing rock. Like it, it's, it's just there to make everything clean and fresh. And the rose quartz is, is a crystal of, of love. It's, it's very pretty. I absolutely love having rose quartz. And I always carry some sage with me. You know, I be sage and I be making sure the energy is clean, you know, before I come inside. Like in here, there's some incense. So I was like, okay, there's some incense. Everything is going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and nature, I mean, sounds, at least by the track names of Chakota, sounds like a big... Oh, I like the way you said Chakota. <laughs> is, is, it, is it all right? It's, that sounds so spicy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say it? Yeah. Chakota. Chakota. Oh, um, that's nice. Say it again. Chakota. Nice. I like that. That's so spicy. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Middle Eastern. Yeah. I like that. Um, so it sounds like a big theme in that EP. Yes, um, 100%. With rain as well. Yeah. Um, I wrote all of those, all of those, those songs. I wrote them when I was also discovering more about spirituality. And like Cosmosis, for instance, um, it's a little, it's a short song. It's an interlude. And I wrote that song about the stars um, because I'm, I've also really... Um, been into astrology lately um you know i've been reading up on the different signs and the attributes and the characteristics and everything and i feel like if i'm not singing about things that are that are actually true to my life my music is very disposable you know and i i don't ever want that i don't i don't want i don't want to make background music you know like what what good am i of an artist if you just put my music on so that there's noise in the room like no, it needs to be something that you that you listen to and it inspires you and it gives you a different like perception of life and perception of like different things like the stars and the rain and the trees, for instance, you know? Yeah. Let me take a, a step back quickly. For our listeners who haven't heard your music, uh, could you describe like the style, the genre, maybe some of your inspirations? Um, okay, so let me start off with my inspirations. Um, I absolutely, I'm a big fan of acoustic soul. I'm a big fan of R&B. I'm a big jazz. Um, definitely like soul. Um, my music is rooted in like neo soul, um, R&B. Um, it's very alternative. It's, it's a fusion of all the good things. Um, I feel I feel like right now I'm stepping into a more alternative sound. So because alternative is such a wide spectrum of which alternative you are, um, I feel like that's a perfect like a perfect 
box to put me in, even though I hate being put <laughs> in boxes, I hate that. Um, I never want to be like, like, like defined. I don't ever want people to be like, oh, she makes R&B. She's an R&B artist. That shit just pisses me off because no, I am not an R&B artist. I, may, I can make an R&B song that doesn't classify me as an R&B artist, you know? Like I could write a, I could write a sad book. That doesn't mean I'm like a, a sad author, you know? Um, but yeah. So speaking to that, uh, I think you do a lot of genres really well. Uh, and I saw an article, uh, describing your newest single as having touches of hyper pop in it. Ooh. Uh, would you agree with that description? Like, do you listen to hyper pop? I do. I I love, I, I, I listen to everything. Um, I, I also don't like listen to one thing. I, I constantly need inspiration, but right now I, I haven't been listening to, to so many things because I, I want to work on, on um, my album and I want it to be pure. I want it to be for me. So when I listen to a whole bunch of different things, like new artists, like new sounds, um, I'm, I'm very easily influenced. Like I could listen to an Ariana Grande song today and then tomorrow I want to be whistle toning. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so for, for that reason, I've, I haven't, I've tried to like stop listening to, um, like so many things. But yes, I, I love all of the genres. I do like pop. Um, I do, however, feel that Purple Hearts is alternative rap. I, I, I feel like it's it's not hyper pop. I feel like hyper pop is like <laughs> um, I f- yeah, I feel like it's it's uh, it's very alternative rap because it's just some bars on there. <laughs> is it true to the uh, is it true to the rest of the EP? Uh yes. Oh my god. So yeah, maybe just walk us through the EP like and the genre. I mean, what does it mean that it is an alternative rap EP? I do feel like it is alternative rap because it's very rap influenced, even though the element of pop just slaps you in the face. Like it's very catchy, it's very <laughs> jiggy. Um, I do, it's, it's definitely alternative pop slash alternative rap. Um, because it's very lighthearted, but it's also like the last song on, on the little EP, Meditation, that is, that is like 100% like rap influenced. Um, it's not that poppy. It's more, it's more talking about shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, cool. and then Juice and Rice Krispies, those are more poppy. So it's kind of like a fusion, you know, uh, like half of it is pop, half of it is like rap. And of. how did you choose what to release as, uh, as previous then? I mean, if it's sort of split it into half, what, what side did you? So it's four tracks. So it's Purple Hearts, uh, Rice Krispies, Juice and Meditation. So Purple Hearts, Rice Krispies and Juice, okay. Purple Hearts and Rice Krispies are very poppy. They're very catchy. They're very cute. I made I made I made this music for the girls and the gays because I I just felt like I needed to, I just needed to drop some songs real quick. <laughs> um, what's 
gonna happen is the whole EP is gonna like drop because Purple Hearts was mm. the single of the EP. So right. um, the rest of of like I wanted I wanted listeners to be like curious, you know. It's it's I, I really wanted like to surprise all of my listeners because they know me from Shakata and Shakata is something so like deep you know to me because uh, like for me it was the writing like the writing on Shakata was um, very personal very spiritual um, kind of hit close to home um, and I wanted Juicebox to be more like lighthearted. Um, like the calm after the storm, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the cute candy floss clouds after the storm. <laughs> You're talking about Chalkata being uh, like this very spiritual yeah. um, journey. Um, and I'm thinking about like the last track in Revenge Season, Vendetta. Um, how would you like... I don't know. I'm thinking about this spiritual journey. Like oh, I love telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Revenge Season was kind of like my debut as an artist. Like This Revenge Season was me coming out as an artist. Um, it had a very dark undertone. Um, it, was, it was kind of taking all of the pain and the hurt and the experiences and the things that I struggled with, the self-esteem, the losing friendships, all of that. Um, like, I just took all of it and I put it into the music. And I was like, this is no longer me. I'm taking all of this and I'm putting it into the music. And after this drops, I'm elevating. And that's what happened. Um, then I released Shock Hottest. So it's like revenge season is like the dark and then Shakara is the light. Like it's, I, I, I wanted to like show the fact that I, I'm not that person. I'm constantly evolving as an artist, as a person we all are. You know, like nobody is stuck in the same place all the time um, in life. I mean, if you are, that's good for you, I guess. <laughs> but not for me. <laughs> but not for me and my homies. We don't roll like that. And specifically Vendetta? Um, okay, so Vendetta, I absolutely love that song. Vendetta is very jazz influenced, very jazz inspired. Um, that song is about, I say that I have a Vendetta with the girl in the mirror. I wish I never met her, all of that. And it's like, I, I reached the point of self-awareness where I realized like, I'm actually not that person in the mirror. It's just a reflection, you know? Like, um, I'm not what I, what, what I see. Like, you, people are, like, more... There's more to a person than what you see, you know? Um, and for me, it was, like, I'm not going to let my pain... I'm not going to... I'm not going to be my pain, you know? Um, like, it's, it's not going to be a part of me. It's going to be something that I go through. It's going to be something that I show, but it's not going to make... It's not going to make me, you know? Um, I won't. I won't let my pain and my emotions rule me. Even though I'm like a very emotionally impulsive person, like I, I realized that there's more to life than stressing over like the little things and letting every everything that you go through let it, letting it get you down. Because at that point, um, I'm out of breath. <laughs> So I, I mean, that's interesting. I have no idea when, why I'm when, rushing through this. 
<laughs> All good, no worries. I had like my thoughts coming up, so I, I had a, a question coming. Okay. It's interesting that you like you see yourself in the mirror and the thing you see is like um these fears and like past feelings. Yeah. Like when I look when I see like look at myself, not in the mirror, I see just a bunch of body parts that I can't really <laughs> connect. Like they seem like I don't know, inconnected in some sort of way. But then when I look at the mirror, it's like I have this complete image of myself. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden. Yeah. And you and when and when you talk about it, it sounds like this image sort of bothers you, like this yeah. incompleteness. It's it's yeah. also um, kind of like a play on how I used to perceive myself. Um, I was I was very insecure for the longest time. Um, I hated the way I looked, I hated the way I sounded. Um, I wanted to change myself and I realized like why would I want to change myself? Who, would I, who am I going to be if I'm not me? You know? Like I can't be anyone else besides myself. Um, so at that point I was like, I don't like that, I don't like that version of myself. I am not her anymore. I want to, I want to, I want to kill that off. She is not me, I am not her. Um, so yeah, that's basically what the song was. It's like, it's. I also feel like I I, I finished that EP off on on such a high note. Like it's an emotion. It was an emotional roller coaster for me as well. Like by the end of by the end of Vendetta, I was emotionally drained. <laughs> really. Um. I mean, it was it was a very sh- short like only 10 sessions of recording right yes um, like it was tense. insane that was the craziest week of my life i didn't know i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's impressive yeah um just but it was eating it was, drinking sleeping in a studio listen it was it was so much fun like i i actually For enjoyed sure. doing that um, i would not put myself through that again <laughs> How was it different than the music that you released previously uh, before that on SoundCloud? Oh my goodness, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, we're always evolving, aren't we? Yeah, I guess. I listen to my music on SoundCloud and I'm just like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> okay, it's beefy. I was still figuring out myself and my sound. So it was also like... Well, yeah, you've talked about finding your yeah. voice on on your first ep yeah uh, so it makes a lot of sense it's kind of uh, it's a different feel like it's not the it's not the same r&b type uh, yeah it's like more trappy rappy yeah i do feel like i was just having fun on soundcloud to be honest like <laughs> i i can't listen to the, i can't listen to any of that right now i would cringe so hard <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, we do, we live and we learn constantly evolving. Definitely. Um, so yeah, after, after um, you know what's crazy? When, when I dropped the, those songs in SoundCloud, I was also, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was just making songs, you know? Um, I just decided... Isn't that, it the pure, purest kind of uh, music making in some sort of way? I mean, I wasn't really thinking about it that much. At that point, I was also, like, I didn't know that I could do this because, like, let me tell you this crazy story, man. So, while I was in Abu Dhabi, right, um, how how this all came about was um, I met a bunch of friends and they were, they were performing at a flea market. 
And um, my friends, um, the twins, I absolutely love them. They are so cool. Um, we're no longer friends, though, but I mean, it's okay. We live and we learn. Um, they they introduced me to them and they're like, oh my gosh, this is our friend Kez and she can sing. You guys should like make a song. And then um, we we started like... Um, like just vibing and then they were like oh my god you should come and perform at this place and i was like um me are you sure because <laughs> at this point i was like music has always been a part of me right but i never i never took it seriously like i i always wanted to be an artist i wanted to be i wanted to be a fine artist at some point i, I even wanted to be a fashion designer um like I thought that that's what that, that's what I was gonna do, um, yeah. and then that happened, and I performed there, and it was so much fun, and I like I remember the first time I told my mom, um, I had to ask for permission obviously, because my mom was very strict with me when I was younger, so I couldn't just do whatever I wanted obviously, um, so I was like, mom, so I'm gonna be performing um, with this band at this place. Are you? Do you wanna come? And she was like. You can sing. <laughs> She's like, uh, which place was it? Um, this was this was in Abu Dhabi. Um, it was at like this this place called Al Sif Village. So it's like a whole bunch of um, I think it's houses, but there's like restaurants, and it was it was like a pop up flea market. Um, and yeah, I was like, Mom, are you gonna come through? Are you gonna support me, your girl? And she was like. You can sing? I mean, she knew that I could <laughs> sing, but she was like, oh, you sing like, you want to sing like that? Like, my mom is also uh, very talented. She, she is like my, one of my, actually, my mom is like my biggest inspiration. She's like a superwoman. I honestly cannot believe she is my mother. Like. In what way? She, uh, dude, I have no idea how she does it. Like, um, growing up, um, it was me and her for a long while. Um, and then my sister, my, my dad came into my life um, when I was about six, I think. Um, and wait, 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 I'm going off topic. Sorry, let me just... All good, all good. <laughs> let me just... Keep going, keep going. Um, what I was about to say is... Oh, the fact that she inspires me and she's a superwoman and all of that. When, when I was growing up, like even though my mom was a single mother... Somehow, we would always have everything we needed. And I look back at, at my childhood and like me and my sister, and I'm just like, how did, my, how did mom do this? How did she get us everything that we wanted all the time? That's crazy. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to like become an adult. Okay, I hate that word. I'm only 22. I don't want to grow <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm now learning the heaviness and the pressure of life. All of a sudden, I have to pay taxes. What? Taxes? Nobody told me I had to do this. Anyway. Um, Welcome. Listen, I'm, I'm, I wasn't ready for this. I wanna... Me too. I don't uh, like this. Taxman just like knocked on my door <laughs> and was like, come on, man. Like, why, why are you taking my money? Like, you didn't work for this. Anyway, um, like, my mom would always just find a way to, like, provide for us in the craziest ways. Like, I remember um, 
when I was younger, I, I did ballet because I was so passionate about dance. I even did gymnastics. And bear in mind, gymnastics is like, I did rhythmic gymnastics, which is like more like dance and not all the acrobatic shit, like acrobatic stuff. Um, and like gymnastics is an expensive sport. Like there's so many things that you have to have. You have to have like these outfits, you have to have special shoes, you have to have the apparatus and all of that is so expensive. And I was like, how did she do this? Some, how, how is this possible? So that's why like my mom is also viciously independent. Like independent to the point where she wants to do everything herself. And if th that is the, like, if I'm not like that, then I'm wasting my time. I gotta be just like that. And unknowingly, I am like exactly like her. Like sometimes I'm just like, whoa, calm down. Calm down, Teresa. That's my mom's name. <laughs> <laughs> we actually saw it on SoundCloud, SoundCloud I think. Teresa. Yeah. Right? We saw your mom's name. Yeah, yeah. That's my mom. Right? Yeah, yeah, my yeah. mom's name on Instagram um, is Lord Mom. How cool is that? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. I mean, you, you were talking about being independent and like having a strong work ethic as well. Yeah. It sounds like it at least. Um, I was just, I mean, so for the work ethic, I can definitely get it and how it just um, blends in your musical and your creation, your music and your creation for sure. But being an individual and like knowing you have a statement to say, like knowing what you want, how, how difficult or easy or how hard is it to like cooperate with other people do you pick them um okay it's it's difficult for me because i want to make music with everyone <laughs> <laughs> and obviously but. it's not you i can't do that um i i like working with people who are who have a deeper understanding of the art you know um, so many people nowadays are so lost up in the source, you know, like, yeah. In what way, though? Like, like to mainstream? Exactly. Like getting caught up right. in like the clout and the views and the streams and, and the likes and all of that. I'm not like that. None of nobody in my team is like that. And I think for me, that was the like that was. Yeah, that was definitely a blessing, like working with so many people who who do it for the art. You know, who don't do it for the money, who don't do it for the fame. Um, we all just here because we believe in each other, you know. And I feel like that's a very vital thing to have. You need to work with Definitely. people who have the same vision as you. Because if you see yourself differently and you see them differently, if you are if you want some diva shit, like if you act like a diva and you're like, yeah, this is me, I'm the superstar, and all your team is just supposed to like follow you and like no, that's not how it works. You have to be you have to be a family. You have to be in it together, you know? And I feel like I'm so blessed to be surrounded by so many good people. They also really helped me grow as a person. Um, and I learned so much. I, I definitely learned so much through them. Um, the most important thing that I've, I've recently learned is to, rem to demand respect as a woman, as, a fe as like a female artist. Um, yeah. And especially as a woman of color, you know, we, we need to demand our respect. Um, and I've, I've always, I've always been a very like, I've been a, like a person who tends to just like accept things how they are, 
you know like if someone is yeah. up like rude or, or disrespectful to me I'd, I'd be like oh no what am I doing wrong but recently I had to be I had to learn like no you need to stand up for yourself um and I, I, I does it have anything to do with uh with Kali the goddess you've been posting <gasps> oh my gosh you've been posting a lot that is a that is a completely different story but yes right. oh my goodness <laughs> whoa let me tell you this story <laughs> So how that came about was I had a dream, right? So I always change my hair, okay? My hair has been a big part of also like my insecurity because growing up, colorism is a, like a real thing. People saw women with straight hair, um, more like attractive. Your hair had to be soft and long. And I'm like the opposite of that. My natural hair is an afro. It's like a big frizzy fro. Like this right now, <laughs> this is a wig, child. Like, because <laughs> um, I like switching it up, you know? And I also like protecting my crown. It's underneath there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so this dream that I had, it was crazy, man. <laughs> So I dreamt that I was I was in a like a house. Right? I will never forget this dream because it was so like pivotal. Um, I was in a house, and um, I had a, like a long black wig on, and I, I I wore that wig so many times because I just felt like so comfortable in it. Um, and then I looked in the mirror. And I just looked at myself and I was like, okay. And then I was like, actually, I am so sick of this. And then I took my wig off. But every time I took it off, there was another one underneath. And I just, I was in the mirror and I just kept on pulling, I'm pulling, I'm pulling. And it's still there. And then, like, I don't know who I was with in this dream. But I turned around and I was like, guys, look at this. And I just kept on taking my, my, my wigs off. And then at some point, I took the wig off and my fro was just like... And then I looked and I looked back and I was blue and I had four arms. And, wow. and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And then I woke up and I was so freaked out. And then it's like the goddess Kali, she came to me in a dream as a manifestation of a reflection of me, you know, because wow. I'm a firm believer that we are the essence of God. We are not God. We are of God, you know, um, and... Kali has definitely, Kalima has definitely inspired me so much. She is the goddess of creation and destruction. And um, without, you can't have destruction without creation. You can't have creation without destruction. It's like the circle, the process of life. Um, she's such a strong feminine energy, the mother of creation. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm the mother of creation. So, <laughs> I mean, it definitely, it definitely sounds like you can relate to like this feminine empowerment definitely definitely she, yeah um yes and uh, yeah kalima has also um i've recently like um started reading up on hinduism because throughout my life um the the, the hindu beliefs have always like kind of interested me you know like um when it comes to meditation, when it comes to like chanting mantras, um, mindfulness, all of those things. Um, I've, I feel like I'm a lot closer to that now than I ever was. Um, like even when it comes to like balancing your chakras, trying to open them, um, it's a, an incredible belief system and I, I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about that. 
<laughs> Maybe just diving back to the dream, it felt like, I don't know, if I would have the dream, it, it would feel like, a, like waking up from a nightmare in some sort of way. Listen, it was, it was um, like a lucid dream because it felt so real. Like I turned around, I was like, guys, look at this, what's going on? And I'm pulling the wigs <laughs> off and they're just appearing back. And that, that dream I will never forget. That dream changed my life. Sounds like a scene out of a movie. Right? Exactly. Like, I honestly don't know what I was on. I, was, I just woke up and I was laying there like, what is going on? What was that? <laughs> and I guess that that was, was where I was pulling too, because a lot of your clips look like uh, they're inspired by horror movies. Or <laughs> Can I tell vampires. you something crazy? <laughs> Can I tell you something crazy? I can't watch horror movies. I cannot. You can't watch horror movies. I cannot. I freak That's out. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So what inspired you to make all those uh, all those music videos? Um, okay. So the reason that I, I can't watch horror movies is because it plays on my mind so much. Like once I, I, I recently watched The Haunting of Hill House. Oh my God. Have you seen that? <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm not I, a big genre fan. Uh, yeah, I saw it a while ago. It is a psychological thriller, and that played on my mind for so long, I couldn't get out of it. I was like, <laughs> like always looking, like checking my back. <laughs> But okay, to be fair, when I was in the revenge season, I was very like, I had like very gothic influences, very emo. Um, and at that point, I loved horror. I loved gore. But right now, because I'm such a completely different person, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. It's like, that was a phase. Like, I, I mean, I would watch crazy shit and, and I'd be fine. And now I watch that and I'm just, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> So what please. should we expect for the next clip? <laughs> Ooh, the light. The light. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next project. I don't know. I'm in a... I have so many ideas at once that I don't know what's happening next. And people are always asking me like, oh, Lord cares, what's next? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I usually have an answer for, like, for those questions. But right now I'm just, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what's next. I do, but not really. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, probably going back to performing in front in front of an audience oh. is a thing as well. Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to yeah. that. That's gonna be fun. Um, yeah. I recently um, I got put on the lineup for oh my god for this incredible um, event. It's called Rocking the Daisies. Um, when I was when I was studying, I, I love. I was wondering what your sweatshirt said. <laughs> It's so crazy that I wore this today. I literally, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? And then I just grabbed the hoodie and I ran downstairs because I was so scared I was going to be late. And being late is just so embarrassing. Glad I wasn't. <laughs> what is it? What is this so, uh, Where is it? Uh, another crazy story. When I was studying, I stayed with my dad in Cape Town. Um, I studied sound engineering for a little bit and then I dropped out. <laughs> so Rocking the Daisies was happening around this time that I was staying with my dad. And um, that's actually when I got this, this hoodie. I got this hoodie like two years ago, I think. 
Um, and um, I was telling my dad like, yeah, I'm going to Rock in the Daisies. It's gonna be so cool. It's like a it's like a three day event. People camp out there, and there's just, it's just such an incredible vibe. And I haven't ever been like a festival, yeah, like a music it's, festival. It's a music festival. Oh, right. Um, and it's just everyone is just so like happy and like from from what I've seen, I mean I've never been there. And I was like, Dad, I need, I need to go. Like I I'm going. Like I'm I'm grown now. Like surely I can go to my first ever festival. And he was like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. you're not going. <laughs> Don't ask me that. Mm -mm. And he he literally told me he's like, you are not going there. And then fast forward, fast forward. I'm like, guess what? <laughs> guess what? We're going. <laughs> <laughs> and I am looking forward to that because it is such an incredible honor. The lineup is is insane. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, man. Like I'm, I forgot that I'm looking forward to that. You know. So when when is it happening? It's happening in October. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think I think it's happening in yeah. October. If nothing comes up. Um, <laughs> A new strain. Yeah, if you, if a new strain shows up, ooh, it's late. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be so incredible. I can't wait to perform my new music because it's also like very cute festival vibes. Um, I'm I'm so excited for that, man. God is blessing. So uh, I had an, one more question. Uh, I like to ask about album art. Oh. Uh, and your the art for Sharkata was really beautiful uh done by by a guy uh Muzand Lovu I hope I said that right oh man um who has passed right. away this past year right <laughs> yeah yeah rest in peace yeah. um his name is can you tell us about that process yes. or yeah first of all say the name yes. correctly since, um uh... <laughs> his name is Medusa. yeah um I called him I called him Mdu just for short everyone yeah. called him that um Yeah, man, it's so crazy. Sorry. Um, what happened was, oh my God, this 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 story is so beautiful. So um, we we wanted to collaborate with a local artist, and um, because Shokada is such an abstract sound, so different, it, um, and I was so inspired during that time. Um, we commissioned him to do um, a piece of art for every artwork. And what happened was we sent him the link to the music before it was even released and asked him to interpret it the way he feels like fit, like the, the, the way he felt. And every, every like artwork for every piece, sorry, <laughs> every artwork for every like piece, um, it, was, it was so accurately displayed, you know, like, the, like for every song, um, it, was, it was just so perfect, you know. Um, and the reason we did this is because that's what I want, you know. I want people to interpret, like, I love seeing how different people interpret um, my music, you know. Um, and yeah. it was it was an absolute, like, blessing, and it was such a beautiful process to see. Every time he would come with a new artwork, I'd be like, ah, this is the best artwork I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd come up with another one, I'm like, ah, no, this is the best one I've ever seen. Um, and <laughs> wow. then, yeah. You still have the artwork? Yes, I do. I have, wow. it's, it's actually hanging souvenir. over here in the, in the studio. I, I can't turn this thing wow. because it's so big, but it's hanging in here. No um... Yeah, and then the front cover was kind of uh, was kind of just like 
I don't know, I'm looking at it now and I, and I, and I see that it's just all of them mushed together, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, different people can interpret it differently, but to me, it's like a puzzle. It's like so many different elements, so many different experiences, and that's essentially what Shokara was. Um, and it was so incredible to work with, to work with him and to see what he could like come up with. Because as an artist myself, I was like, that's absolutely perfect. Because, you know, art is not perfect, first of all. Um, I hate it when people like, you know, when I, when I was studying, when I was studying art in school, um, there would be a process that you'd have to follow to make an artwork. So you have to make a journal, you have to do like, you have to do some research and different styles and everything. And to me, that kind of like took, took the essence of it away, you know? Like if you're going to follow a specific process to make an art piece, is it, I mean, I, I, I get it, you know? I get the fact that you need to like do all of those things, but what if you just express how you feel? Like, that is, like, I'm not going to say it's better, but it's more odd, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about maybe, give you like, art school want, want to give you, like, the tools to express yourself. Like, don't want to limit you with the, with the number of opportunities or, like, yeah. the number of outlets that you I have. I mean, I felt very limited. I felt like, why can't I just do what I want? <laughs> but that's yeah. just me. Um, so... And is it... Is it easier with music? Um, yes, definitely. Yeah? With music, I can just do whatever I want. <laughs> but with art, because it's such a serious thing, um, I just, I also felt that I, I can't, I'm not going to do justice to myself. I won't be the best version of myself as, an, as like a visual artist if I went and I studied all of it. I feel like my creativity would have been lost. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I know it's weird, but that's just how I feel. Did you expertise? Like, did you have certain expertise in fine arts? Uh, no, I like, didn't. Uh, just like a bra. I didn't study art at all. I did it in school, though. Mm. Um, mm. And I really enjoyed it. It was just the fact that they didn't give me my art back. Like, I made such beautiful things and they didn't want to give it back to me. <laughs> so now I'm officially a hater. Like, I'm... Like, <laughs> A copyright <laughs> vigilante. <laughs> like I made it. Surely you guys, it belongs to me. Like I know I, I I did it while I was at your class and I used your your utensils. <laughs> but yeah. it's mine. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed that. Like I enjoyed seeing um, how Mdusa worked. Essentially, it was it was such a beautiful thing to experience. And, and did you experience the creative process with him as well, or did you only get the like finished bits? Um, yeah, we, we kind of let him do his own thing. You know, we just said, "Here's the music. Yeah, interpret it how you want." And for him, it was also like a like a great point in his life. Like I remember him telling me, like he's so happy that we um, that we like reached out and we chose him. But it was I felt like it all just came together. You know, yeah. and um, I just want to let everyone on here who's listening know that his artworks are for sale on my website. Um, if anyone wants to check some of it out, it's very pretty. It's very beautiful. Um, the art lives forever, Definitely. you know, yeah. um, and uh, like I feel like he is immortalized through his art. So, yeah, that's that on that. Cool. 
I think we're going to wrap this one up soon. Okay, cool. Um, do you think there's, there's something we haven't touched based on, like haven't t discussed that you want to bring up before we end this session? Or? I am very glad that you guys didn't ask me who I want to collaborate with. Because people are always asking me that and I'm always just like, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I, know, I can't tell you exactly, but... <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also I want to take this opportunity to put you guys on to my good friend Mars Baby. Um, we're signed to the same label. Um, he makes incredible, it's like indie, R&B. He's a singer-songwriter. He is the one... You two put out a couple of songs last yeah. year, yeah. right? Porcelain. Yeah, Porcelain and, and Rain. Mars Baby, he was the one who um, who produced Rain. Um, and I remember hearing it for the first time and I literally begged him. I was like, you need to give this to me or else I'm going to cry and everybody's going to start crying and it's just not going to be good. Like, you, do you want to see everyone cry? No. <laughs> and uh, making music with him is just, it's such, it's also such a beautiful process because we really understand each other's sounds. Um... And yeah, Rain is also like the most streamed song on Shalkata. So I just, I also feel like I needed to put that out there, man. Put some respect yeah. on Mars Baby's name. <laughs> so yeah. Sure. Maybe one last question. I mean, when you find me, in, uh, find me in the trees, there's this saxophone loop that we couldn't really figure out, but it was super familiar. Oh. And we were just like wondering about it. Um, like, so the sample, the sample for Find Me in the Trees is, uh, I don't know exactly, but it is sampled from mm. a song, from an, from a very old song. Um, because cool. Max was, was offering like Kamasi Washington. Yeah, it sounds like Kamasi Washington, I but have no it also idea. sounds older than that. So, all right. I have <laughs> no idea, but yeah, that's a sample, you know, um, People think that the that the saxophone on there is off key. Do you guys feel that way? Um, not I that didn't I, think that. Yeah. No, not that I could tell. Because I feel like I, lo I loved yeah, it. Yeah, we we. Can I mean, it's it's maybe not in the uh, like uh, in the right scale, but I think it's it adds to the coolness of the song. Yeah, I, f I, think I feel it, it like, like breaks out of the box. Yeah, I mean, if if they if they really listen to it that deep, it's supposed to be like that, you know. I mean, yeah. no artist yeah. is gonna like. Put something out that they know is whack. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for this. I had such a good time talking to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. As well, as well. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. Yeah, man. And that's a wrap. I can't wait to hear what you guys have in store for us next time. As always, this episode of 830 Somewhere was brought to you by Basebase, your favorite international platform for music-related content. Thank you so much for listening. As an independent platform, we would highly appreciate any kind of support. So if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media where you can share your thoughts about this episode. Big shout out to everyone behind this episode of 830 Somewhere. Hosting by Ben Chironi, Max Gorin, and myself, Gabby Libercio. Editorial work by Ben Chironi. Production by Max Gorin. Coordination by David Granoste. Booking by Sophia Reiners. Music and sound effects by Max Gorin and Hack Mac. Artwork by Yosha David. We hope you've enjoyed your flight. See you soon.
somewhere.